the Vorta. And then and then here's a Iggy Pop and he's like the Vorta. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot if the intro is supposed to happen, like the music. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Into the Wormhole. It's been a while. Can you tell? Uh, this is Lauren Lowen, and we have, as always, Captain Larissa Maestro. Yeah! <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. Okay, so Larissa. Here we are. We're back. I have had... Lust for Life by the Stooges stuck in my head all morning <laughs> because of two reasons. First reason, I dropped off both my kids at daycare and it's it's kind of a surreal feeling. It's sort of exciting, but it's nice to come yeah. back and feel like I can get stuff done, including this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second yeah. reason it's stuck in my head is because we just saw the Deep Space Nine episode with Iggy Pop and, <laughs> you know, what a great song of his. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, and also that song kicks ass. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> so it makes sense. You like, yeah. like that little tie-in I did. It was nice. I loved it. I loved it a lot. <laughs> I can just—I was just imagining you like dropping your kids off, pulling out of the parking lot, and just putting on "Lust for Life" really loud in the car and rolling all the windows down. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love my kids. Obviously, it's just—it's yes, nice. Kids are great, you guys. Kids are great. <laughs> We all know, everyone knows we need breaks from kids. <laughs> well, I'm still a working mom, you know, and so it's just nice to be like, oh, God, I have that work time back. So, but it's yeah. been a little bizarre. It's been like, yay, but also this is weird. I, I mean, I can't imagine because I don't have children, but, but I can, I can, yeah, I can't. What I'm trying to say is that I don't know. You have responsibilities, though. I have responsibilities, yes. but I've never, I don't have children. So the, the, wow. <laughs> hey, something else that's kind of interesting uh, with Iggy hmm. Pop is he just had a birthday. Did you know that? Oh my goodness. Iggy Pop. Happy birthday. It was late April. And then you had your birthday. And then I had my birthday. So this is a birthday episode, you guys. When was his birthday? I need. To I think it was. All right, I'm gonna guess. I think it was April 21st, and I think he. You are correct. All right, April 21st, and he turned 74. Oh my god, that's crazy! Cheers to Iggy. Happy birthday, James. <laughs> I remember reading his full name and thinking, "Ah, I never knew that." Is that what it James is, James? Oster- Do you have it in front James of you? James Osterberg Jr. Ah. Um, so yeah, this is the beginning of a, a new, you know, sporadic series. We have several ongoing sporadic sub series of our podcast and, you know, like one of them is the Star Trek remix. And this one is, we're just going to talk about our favorite celebrity guest stars. <laughs> Ooh. Cause there are so fucking many, you guys, there are so many episodes where you're like, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Is that The Rock? Is that Jason Alexander? Is that <laughs> Is that Sarah Silverman? <laughs> so, we're going to talk about favorite guest stars. And the first one, as we just said, is Iggy Pop. And honestly, I think this one is the most like what? Yeah. <laughs> guest star appearance of all of Star Trek, to be honest. All the other ones sort of make sense to me, you know, because it's like, oh, it's the 90s. Everyone was on TV shows or it's like, oh, I mean, that's Stephen Hawking, you know. But, yeah, yeah. But and, this and is the fact like that it's all these historical figures. Yeah. In TNG. And even if you think about The Rock, there were some wrestlers. That is when Voyager was on UPN, I believe. And oh. wrestling was on UPN. So that was the network trying to sort of cross pollinate between franchises. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. 
And it also made sense in the in the context of the episode itself, too, like the story and stuff. Exactly. This sort of like MMA type thing. And oh, let's get the rock because. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, because that makes sense. (laughs) But but this is like this is all Iris Stephen Bear just really loved the Stooges and really loved Iggy Pop and like really wanted him to be on Star Trek. Yeah, he was it was like his white (laughs) whale, except he got it. So I probably shouldn't use that metaphor. But (laughs) yeah, uh, yes, this was this was a goal that he actually attained. Uh, and I think it's fucking hilarious. I want to um, sort of go through like the history of like why he was. On sure. So we say like what episode we're talking about and where it is in the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so this is the Deep Space Nine episode, The Magnificent Ferengi, season six, episode 10. And we actually mentioned uh, when we did our episode on past tense that Iggy Pop was meant to be in that two-part episode he was supposed to be the character that clint howard that clint howard ended up playing the the um the dim guy who uh there were not ours (laughs) yeah who who pops up out of nowhere for almost no reason and and is and is really it's really confusing why he's there it and is, you're just like oh it's Clint Howard <laughs> yeah and it's a very small role <laughs> with, yeah, which is yeah. kind of fascinating considering Iggy Pop couldn't uh his there were schedule conflicts so he had to give up that role they gave it to Clint Howard and so he ended up getting this role which was um substantially bigger yeah much bigger and we also get to see him in prosthetics yes oh we are so <laughs> going to talk about that but uh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah talk a little I, bit about what you wanted to with some of the the history of getting him on the show or what were you going to talk about well i i mean i think it's it's interesting that this is not cuz there there are lots of instances of guest stars who are like ooh somebody get me on star trek you know like jason alexander wanted to be on star trek you know okay. like there, there are there are instances of people that are just like, please, you know, Mae Jemison wanted to be on Star Trek. But this is like Star Trek wanted Iggy Pop, which is very funny to me and also kind of cute. I thought maybe <laughs> like Iggy Pop sweet. was a little bit of a fan. I think he probably I mean, I don't think he would have said yes to doing it if he wasn't okay. into star into Star Trek. But like. I did a little bit of digging and I found no like interviews with him about doing the show. And I thought that was kind of interesting that nobody ever brought up <laughs> this in an interview. Um, I mean, I'm guessing it's probably because he has an incredible career that <laughs> people would rather talk about. <laughs> this is like a random thing to bring up uh, in like a 60 minutes interview or something. But it's just like it's so out of the blue. It seems so like out of the blue. So if he didn't care about Star Trek, I don't think he would have said yes to doing it. Um, He was actually able to do this part because he was injured in a mosh pit at one of his own shows and he had to take time off from the road and ended up doing this during his recovery. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I never knew that before. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of like an interesting just like piece of Iggy Pop (laughs) trivia and a little piece of Star Trek trivia at the same time yeah and it's just like Iris Stephen Bear just like was like I need Iggy Pop to be on DS9 and he made it happen (laughs) and then we ended up with this episode oh my gosh sorry would you like to tell the listener a little bit I mean the the basis of this episode, the really quick summary is Quark and Rom have to put together a team of Ferengi to negotiate Moogie's return from the Dominion. And there's a hostage exchange where Iggy Pop is the Vorta representative from the Dominion. <laughs> yeah. And he works yeah. between Quark and Rom on this abandoned... Uh, on Tarak Nord. Tarak Nord, thank you. Yeah. Um, and Rom's along and during. Oh, sorry. This... Empachnor. I'm sorry. Empachnor. Oh, okay. Yeah. All Terachnor the... is I... DS9. Empachnor is the abandoned sister station. Oh, my God. So many names. <laughs> I get I get them all like kind of. They blur together after a while. They're not real places. <laughs> and um, shut your mouth. No. <laughs> and uh, 
So they're, they have a hostage that they're going to give the Dominion in exchange for Mugi, which is yeah. Keevan, who is... From that, yeah, from that one. Yeah, which is from a very tonally different episode. I think it's Rocks and Shoals. If, yes, Rocks yeah, and Shoals. He, where he, he's, he's a, a great role, and that's a much more serious episode, but he's very sneezy. That episode is really good. Yeah. That episode is excellent. And Keevan, that actor, plays an amazing Vorta um, and so he's in this, but in a still skeezy and still kind of elitist and smug, but he gets to sort of have more fun with that character. I like to think his name is really just Kevin. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Oh, Kevin. Kevin got captured uh, by Starfleet. <laughs> we got to get Kevin, Kevin so we can kill him. Like, um, again, Kevin, come on. And they accidentally kill Kevin, Kevin, in a little brawl amongst our Ferengi rescuers, um, negotiators. And so this sort of hilarious, it ends in this, um, uh, Keith immediately was like, oh, so now it's uh, Weekend at Bernie's. And I yes. said, exactly, uh, yep. moment. But yeah, that that's my quick run through, but we can also obviously yeah. get into the details more. Yeah, basically the beginning of the, this episode is The Magnificent Seven and the end of this episode is Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> I mean, the, the episode is named after the Magnificent Seven because there are, are a couple of references to it, like when they're putting the, the group together yeah. at the beginning. Basically, that's the... I I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen Magnificent Seven, but I think that's kind of the only reason. <laughs> it seems like that's the only reason it's named that. But yeah, this is a hijinks kind of episode. It is shenanigans it's shenanigans it's it's very out of character for ds9 it's it's kind of lighthearted. there's not a lot of heaviness to it really it's very jokey i mean it it does make sense in the sense that uh ds9 is the show that really took uh, a deeper dive on the ferengi as a people and like sort of you know filled in a lot of the backstory and fleshed out the the culture of the Ferengi people in a real way which I do appreciate so we do get a lot of like Ferengi stuff in this episode I'm watching it and I'm also like I know you're like fleshing it out and it's really great but it's still like ooh, (laughs) yeah I mean they don't get that deep I have to admit, just from a costume design point, I do like seeing all the Ferengi costumes. They are oh, so amazing yes. and all the little details. I always have fun when the Ferengi show up just because of, yeah, they're they're attire. Seriously, I that was a thing I wrote in my notes. I was like, these outfits, I am here for it. Brunt's yes. outfit like with the his, like, he's got bell bells. Fringe. Yeah. Brow- bell fringe, like, on the side of his pants, too, like, and brooches, and, like, the this, like, weird, like, ascot slash brooch I love it. It's situation. so, like, opulent. It, yes, <laughs> it's so, it really is. It's, like, everything is, like, luxurious and, like, extra. Everything's so extra. Like, the, the suit that Quark's wearing at the very beginning, it's, like, all these little sort of jewel tone mm-hmm. little uh, squares print. Yeah, he, I mean, suit. he looks like he should be a, a movie theater seat, if that makes sense. Yes. It's always <laughs> like this really kind of gaudy um, upholstery fabric. That's what it always yes. reminds me of. Yes, it's like it's like Gone with the Wind. I'm making a dress <laughs> from from the... The drapes. The, from the drapes, yes, because it's, mo- it's the most like fanciest fabric that there is in the house. Well, and you absolutely you gotta love it too, because if the Ferengi was kind of a mirror at a current human kind, you know, it kind of makes sense that uh, the Ferengi are so materialistic in that way. If they're supposed to be us, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that 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 it's so like it's it's so extra. Yeah. Oh my God. We should mention I'm is so it, it is it Brunt? Ex Liquidator Brunt. Brunt. Thank so, you. Yes. We should mention double guest star ex that- episode. <laughs> This is kind of a two for one because that is Jeffrey Combs, who also belongs in guest stars, also belongs in our villain series as Wayun. Like, I know he's done other things, but I mean, I feel like you know him as Wayun, but 
He mm-hmm. also shows up as a Ferengi, so that's kind of noteworthy. Yes. I mean, we will do... I mean, we we have to do a Jeffrey Combs yeah. episode. We have to do a Susie Plaxton episode. I mean, yes. they're special guest stars because they're they're like, you know, professional Star Trek guest star actors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In a lot of ways. But, oh my God. So I just want to... I just want to say specifically about Iggy Pop in this episode. So Iggy Pop has this professional persona in his career, right? Like he's known for writhing around on stage on top of like piles of broken glass with no shirt on and like wild gestures, really huge movements, like big show, jumping into the crowd, like high energy, right? That is, that's what Iggy Pop is known for. Like he has, his influence on modern rock music is like so vast. Like he is, he's like a superstar, right? And then they cast him as a Vorta. (laughs) And the Vorta are stoic, stone-faced like barely move their bodies (laughs) you know like they are like prim and proper yes and tidy they're very refined and I I was thinking about it today like elitist is the word I think of yeah so they they very much carry themselves that way they also have a very like if you look at Jeffrey Combs and the actor who plays Keevan they seem to tend to cast actors of like a smaller stature and maybe more yes. delicate features. Like Jeffrey Combs yes. has this cute little button nose. Um, yeah, and I love his the- little button nose, you guys. I just want to boop Jeffrey Combs' little nose. Yeah. And Keevan has very sharp features and very, like, very, I don't want to say feminine. That's not the right word, but it's just very, yeah, like, um, Soft. Yeah, soft. And yeah. Iggy Pop's face, like every component is turned up to 11. Like his lips, his yeah. nose, his eyes, his just, again, his stature, his height. Like everything is very prominent. Yeah. He's got excellent eyebrows. Yes. I've always thought, I've always thought that Iggy Pop had like beautiful eyebrows. Yeah. And, and his face, the, this is the other thing. His face is so expressive. Like he's just a very expressive person. So like seeing him <laughs> seeing him in this this makeup and playing this very specific alien who is like not supposed to be not su- I'm sorry, I'm laughing so much. It's not like he's not supposed to be expressive. He's not supposed to like move very much and it's just so fucking funny to me to see Iggy Pop in cuz like there's nothing like really I'm going to say that, like, it's not, like, exciting as a performance, like, as an acting performance, you know? It's, like, whatever. He's not even really acting. What is what is exciting about it for me is pretty much just that it's Iggy Pop. Uh, yeah, you know? and you're like, it's, it's Iggy Pop! <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Why? What? And the fact that, like, he, he just, like, has his normal Michigan accent. Yes. Just... <laughs> There's no attempt at all <laughs> to like do the the Vorta like Mm, you should all plan for your funerals. You know, like there's no <laughs> there's no like change at all. He's just like he just talks like himself. He's he still moves his face a whole lot. There's, I mean, it's just fucking hilarious. I love the line where he's like, this is all fascinating, but if your sons don't come, I'm going to have to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. It's like, it's, it's so wrong, but it's right all at the same time. Like now that it's been many, many, many years, it's just, it is what it is. And it's kind of wonderful to watch, um, just how it all came together. I fucking love it. Cause it, it's like there, sometimes like. A very famous person coming in and being a guest star on a show, you're like, oh no, oh, oh. Or like, especially if they're not an actor. Oh god, yeah. And and then you're like, oh shit. Like this is oh crap. But this is like, he didn't have to do shit. 
he didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to try. Like he just had to show up in that fucking makeup with those contacts in. And it's hilarious. And it just like this was perfect. It was it like. I fucking love it. I love it. I just I love seeing it. I love seeing him in that weird fucking wig. Oh, gosh. That wig is so fucking weird. I just like I I think my mom has a coat that looks like that wig. I <laughs> it just I I just fucking love it. I I love it. So it doesn't. Oh, I was gonna say it, it's ridiculous. So one of the things that's funny to really look back at is past tense. I think the the role that was that Clint Howard took when Iggy Pop couldn't make it anymore. If I remember this correctly, that part was sort of put in there for Iggy Pop. It was just yeah. like a little five minute thing, and hey, let's get Iggy Pop to pay, play this um, off the wall guy, and then and then it went to Clan Howard. Um, in this case, they they wrote this Forda negotiator character, and then said, "Hey, let's get Iggy Pop to play it." So it is, yeah, it is noteworthy to say that this role wasn't written for Iggy Pop the way it was the first time. And I was reading the memory alpha notes, and they did say like, "Why did we cast him as a Forta? Like he's so like you said." His physicality yeah. is such a big part of him as Iggy Pop, and he has to play the most like rigid character. Yeah. Um, but also, it's just funny because, like I said, it's just if they were just doing it normal casting, he's not really like the type of person they would cast as a Vorta at all. Um, no, it, absolutely not. Yeah, it does make you wonder if he would be better as sort of just like a one of alien species that you know isn't a Romulan or isn't. A Vorta, yeah. and it was just like, oh, he's some alien character who's an arms trader coming through the station, and um, right, yeah, yeah, like, it'd be like, interesting like to see give him. him a more, um, uh, give him a more James Cromwell kind of character, where he can kind of do whatever he wants, you know? Yeah, like they'll just like they'll just be like James Cromwell's now this kind of alien, and we're just gonna glue a different thing to his head. <laughs> he has uh, a mustache <laughs> in this episode. He has a mustache, but like, here's an alien race with no backstory and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like they, they absolutely could have cast him in something like that. But I think like, because of the, the scheduling constraints, uh, exactly. It was, it was like, okay, oh, we're doing this. He, yeah. Go, go ahead and do it. And I think I understand like practically, you know, in a practical sense, like why, uh, like a producer would look back on that casting and be like, oh man, that was such a waste. But at the same time, <laughs> I fucking love this. Well, it's fun because, okay. So, yeah, they have to rescue Moogie, uh, Quark and Rom's mom. And so. Moogie, I just have, I'm sorry. Moogie is the fucking best. <laughs> Moogie is my favorite and I fucking love Moogie. And they have great things kind of sprinkled out in the episode. Like, uh, I really appreciate Iggy Pop's Vorta character I don't want to say his relationship with Moogie but his rapport like even though he Mm -hmm. is basically threatening to to kill her if this doesn't go well you can tell that those characters have had like some small talk on their travels and at one point they're just talking about like him and his investment portfolio because she's a Ferengi and he's like oh interesting and yeah don't they also have a conversation about skincare yes because she's like oh you should invest in this plant and (laughs) And then even when he gives her the nod to like go to Quark during the exchange, she just throws up her hand and like waves bye to him. <laughs> bye. Yeah, it's really it's really sweet. Like it's funny. Everything is played for laughs. Yes. There aren't there aren't really any serious moments in this episode. Like ev- everything is a hijinks. Everything yeah. is is goofy. Which is why Iggy Pop in this part works. Yeah, because he's so if deadpan he was... in a way of his delivery and getting frustrated with Quark and Rom when they're giving him the runaround and yeah, the relationship yeah, with Moogie. Yeah. But also like like if 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 instead it was Jeffrey Combs in the in this part, I mean it would still play. Yeah, yeah. Like if he you was know, it would still be fine. Yeah, it would still play. It would still be fine. But the thing about this episode is that. All of it is like over the top silly. And I feel like the casting of somebody like Iggy Pop in this part just solidifies this whole episode as being over the top silly because it's like, why, why, why 
Oh, and then also Iggy Pop. Why? Uh, that's actually what uh, Keith said the minute he saw Iggy Pop. <laughs> I was like, here comes Iggy Pop. And he just went, why? <laughs> okay, we wanted to talk about that because you, you said Dan kind of came in on this oh, episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah. for my birthday, <laughs> I asked Keith to watch this episode with me as part of my birthday <laughs> gift. So uh, let's talk about Dan. Um, yes, uh, Dan cannot stand Ferengi. He can't, he can't do any Ferengi thing. He, every time I'm watching DS9, he's like, who's that little shit? <laughs> and, and he means Quark. He's just like, it just can't, they don't, they just all seem like little shits. And, and then, and that's when I'm like, but they're not all little shits because Rom's not a little shit. Rom's the best. And Rom in this episode, just real quick. I love her. No. 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 <laughs> Moogie. <laughs> I I just always want Rom to have more screen time. No matter what. I I always want Rom to have more screen time. Yeah. I love that, when he's doing the introduction. Movie. Sorry. He's like, hi, <laughs> I'm Rom. Hi. This is Brian. This is Rom. And he's like, Quark says. <laughs> He doesn't care. He's like introducing himself and the gang to the hostage. <laughs> what a fucking sweetheart. He's such a sweetheart. I I have to put Rom really high up on my ranking of favorite DS9 characters, y'all. Oh yeah. I mean, I know he's like a secondary character. Um he's not really part of like the the main cast of DS9, but he is one of the most memorable Star Trek characters to ever exist. <laughs> I feel like Quark is a pretty like normal kind of pre DS9 Ferengi in a lot of ways. Yeah, I could like, see that. Yeah, but Rom is Rom breaks the mold. Rom broke the mold, the Ferengi mold first by being sweet and not caring about profit as much and like really just being a good dad and like wanting to be happy yeah like and supporting his mom wearing clothes and shit so that's it's max Gro- uh grodenchik Groden- is that Chick? his name i think that's how you pronounce it did i well, i he's just wonderful have i just... mentioned uh when i ran into him on this Mm-mm. podcast what <laughs> <laughs> so i've actually only been to one convention it was a very small one in massachusetts um but I was at an elevator and I'm wearing like a blue sundress with white bicycles. That's kind of important for the uh, story. And up, like I'm waiting at the elevator and up comes Max Grodenchik with like a, a plate of food. Like it's obvious he just got some food and he's probably going up to his hotel room to sort of rest in between appearances. And I think my appearance, he just didn't think I was a Star Trek fan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just didn't look like I was there for the convention. Yes. And as women, this happens to us often. <laughs> or I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have any obvious like Star Trek things I was wearing yeah. or anything. I could I just looked like another hotel yeah. guest because it was at a hotel. You weren't cos you weren't cosplaying. Yeah, and he's out of makeup yeah. and stuff like that. So he comes up yeah. and I just turn to him and I'm like, Hey, I just I wanted to tell you I really like Rom. I really like what you did the character. And he genuinely like lit up and went, Oh, and I was like, yeah, I really, Aww. I really like what you did. And he's like, thanks. And he went, I like your dress. And <laughs> it just felt like a real rom moment. Like, I, I should say something nice back. I like your dress. Um, but yeah, so that was just like a fun encounter I had with him. It was really sweet. I love that story so much. <laughs> like, because you, you never know like what an actor is, is like, cause like, you know, they're acting, but like, it really does. It's always seemed to me like he is a very sweet person and like he brought that like sweetness and kindness to the character from who he actually is you know or like that was part of the reason why he was cast you know yeah that's so lovely what a lovely guy oh so sorry that's my little detour but I but love, yeah I love it I speaking of that one of the my favorite scenes is in the beginning it's actually really clever they get all the kind of exposition dialogue out of the way because in a, in a nice way where they're just talking but they make it visually interesting where uh Quark gets Rom who's in the Jeffrey tubes working and so as Quark's explaining everything that's going on instead of just standing in a room somewhere they're walking through the Jeffrey tubes and 
a really good setup for this episode is as Quark's done, he like opens the latch and it just happens to go in Cisco's office. <laughs> and he's Cisco's like, Can I help you, gentlemen? And they're like, wrong turn. And as they close the door, they just show a shot of like Cisco looking back, kind of going back to business. But I love that that's yeah. just like part of Deep Space Nine life. Yep. Yep. I love I love how like this episode really does feel like we're doing DS9 stuff, but now it's a comedy episode and we're just focused on the frame. Yeah, we're kind of seeing it from a different perspective. I mean, in the different beginning, perspective, exactly. uh, Quark is trying to tell this epic story about how he negotiated this like squill, you know, syrupy stuff. And then, of course, mm. the, you know, Dax Bashir and I forget who else come in and, and tell the story about being behind enemy lines and the crowd kind of veers to them because that's much more dynamic and so it's it is kind of this tale of what does it mean for the Frangi to be heroes and that's part of it because they realize they're not commandos they are negotiators so they have to negotiate back yeah from they're not gonna rescue her with blasters yeah I mean it's honestly like a, a quite well-written episode it's very like well planned out and it's, it's very uh it's set up really nicely like it's it's cool that they take this character of Keevan and put him in this episode after after we just met him a few episodes ago like it all of that makes a lot of sense it's very DS9 because DS9 is all about the longer story arcs and all about bringing stuff back and things relating to other episodes and this makes a lot of sense but it also is such a nice break from how intense DS9 can be like on a on a scale you know, of of magnificent Ferengi to past tense, you know, <laughs> you know, like DS9 has such a wide range of uh, content. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, I mean, Rom loses his leg in an episode and then there's another one where he we're following up with him and kind of PTSD. I mean, Rock and Shoals is a very different oh episode with with Keevan where yeah like it puts Cisco in this very awkward place where for a short time you actually have sympathy for the Gem Hadar who Keev- well yeah we like kind of find out that they're oppressed <laughs> yeah and Keevan's just basically yeah. sending them to their doom uh in order to save his own life and and Cisco feels yeah. very gross about the whole situation but yeah and then it, yeah it's almost I don't want to say palate cleanser, but episodes like this definitely help to kind of br- break that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And and you can take it or leave it because it's not that crucial, like you said, to the main storyline of the Dominion War. It, you know, mm-hmm. Keith was able to sit in and watch this and it really didn't matter that he didn't know who Keevan was or anything. It, the episode did a great mm-hmm. job of just explaining, like, this is a prisoner we have. It's going to be an exchange. Keith asked what our theme was once we started watching this <laughs> and he said, is it worst episodes? <laughs> <laughs> he also in the beginning was like wow this is uh pretty Ferengi heavy and I said yep and I think uh he was thinking oh if I'd known that maybe I would have uh backed out of this agreement this birthday gift yeah. agreement of watching the episode with my wife um yeah, but so yeah, neither he... of our partners are into the Ferengi <laughs> we'll just say that right now yeah I mean I understand I Keith I understand I really do there are a lot. Yes, I. I mean, we all know. We all know where the stereotypes for the Ferengi came from. We'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, but this was uh, this wasn't exactly Keith's like favorite episode. The way he put it is that oh, he's like this was weird because Star Trek's usually like you know a thinker, and uh, this is <laughs> this was just wackiness and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very different. I wouldn't say that I would never just like choose this episode to put on because I think I would if I wanted some wacky Star Trek. What this feels like, honestly, this in in some ways feels like a Lower Decks episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, when we're talking about the different perspective and such, I completely mm-hmm. agree with that. They're, they're the underdogs. Yeah, yeah, they're the underdogs, but also like there's a lot of hijinks. There are a lot of inside jokes. There are jokes like, like bringing a, a past character back and now he's he's the comic relief, you know, a past very serious character back and now he's comic relief. It it feels like and this and this is one of the reasons why I feel like Lower Decks plays so well is because Lower Decks identifies that Star Trek has been very funny in the past. 
yeah. Star Trek has been very silly and like weird and just lighthearted, like, I would say. Lighthearted. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And like and just took it even further. Boldly went where no Star Trek had been before. And I appreciate that. Like because I actually really enjoyed watching this episode. Like I I especially like watching the Ferengi on DS9 because I do feel like there's more depth to them and I like that there's like a, a wide variety of different characters. Like I love watching, like watching Nog in this episode, you're actually seeing him in a story arc. You know what I mean? Like he is trying so hard to Starfleet. He's trying to, to do his, he's <laughs> I like Starfleet, Starfleet as a best. verb. Yes. He's trying to Starfleet his very best Starfleet. And he's, he's like so frustrated that no one is taking him seriously. And it's really adorable because like he really wants to Starfleet the best he can. It's very important to him. And then watching like Rom like try to support Nog too by, by like trying to tell Cork to call him sir. Oh my God. So cute. Like so fucking cute. I l- like all of the interpersonal stuff, all of the like the character stuff. Yes. Is really, really well done um, because we know all these characters. Well, except for the two new Ferengi characters. Um, we know all of these Ferengi characters so well. Like we know Brunt so well. We've we've seen Brunt come in and like fuck shit up for Quark so many times. Like and we've seen we've had all of this set up with Moogie already with with the whole like Moogie trying to start her own her own business uh, illegally and all of that stuff. And it's it's like it's nice to see an episode where where like we really actually get to to like pay attention to all of these characters at the same time, you know, so I I love I love watching the the Ferengi stuff in DS9, especially if Moogie is there because fucking Moogie, which I guess reading the memory alpha, that was a change because it was supposed to be, you know, who plays the Wallace Shawn. Yeah. It was supposed to be the Nagus. Yeah. It was supposed to be the Nagus, but they couldn't get him. So they switched it to Moogie. And I think that was a nice, yeah, a nice change. Um, I like it when she's there with him because um, not only again, like her Moogie's relationship with Iggy Pop's Vorta, but, you know, she's also uh, perplexed and getting irritated with Quark because she just wants to obviously be rescued. And she's like, I'm losing my patience too. like, get me out of this situation. <laughs> and, you know, the knife um, at one point, yep. um, Nog isn't sure she's a changeling. So he cuts her hand and. And she's like, give me that. (laughs) So there's just like some nice uh, back and forth between all the characters. Um, I just wanted to ask you in general what you thought of the Vorta's design. You were mentioning the hair and they have those like ears that kind of go the whole span of the side of their face and connect to their Mm -hmm. chin. You know, we were talking about um, Ducat in our first films episode with um, Mark Alemo. Yeah, and um, how like that man was meant to play a Cardassian, and that makeup yes. and those prosthetics just marry with his face and his physique so well. Icky Pop, I don't know, it, I don't know where they connect, but his face looks so bizarre with the prosthetics on. Yeah, and that kind of brings I mean, me back yeah. to what I was saying about if it wasn't Icky Pop, if this was just like a casting director, he's not the type of person you they traditionally cast for this alien species oh yes zero percent chance yeah honestly when i look at iggy pop i feel like he could be a cardassian really easily yeah i was wondering that too actually i was just like trying to put him in other makeups because i am kind of glad he's hidden like i don't want him just to be iggy pop in some sort of random space gear like i did i did like the fact that he was hidden it's just the vorta look has never been I think my favorite I I think I like it on Jeffrey Combs but the more I see it the more I don't like how it's like everyone has the same hair it's one of those things where yeah you don't see them too much but it's like they all got the same weird perm brillo hair and and they they kind (laughs) of look a little too much the same and it works with the Romulans and the Vulcans because we've had that but after a while it's like I kind of wanted to see some variety variation yeah i mean i i understand the choice like 
it's hard to say it this way because Star Trek does this with every species where they're just like all Vulcans look like this, all Romulans look like this, all Klingons look like this. There's just like, you know, a lot of homogenous looks that are like that, you know, in the future, maybe we'll like have an episode where we talk about like why that's problematic in general. <laughs> but um, hilariously, it does make sense for the backstory of this species because they're clones. Well, and that's true. I was I was thinking about that as well. They are they are literally manufactured. Yeah. So that that part does make sense, but but the specific design of the Vorta themselves. I mean, I do agree with you that like it works on Jeffrey Combs, but that's also because any prosthetics look look right on him. Right. <laughs> he has a good face for prosthetics. And I think it does work for the actor plays Keevan. Like I said, they yeah. they kind of have more um, you know, just just not as prominent features. They're more fine features, yeah. smaller. Um, and that that dude's eyes are insane. Have you, like just looking at his eyeballs, like first. Oh like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. Like the guy that plays Keevan, I wrote in my notes, this dude's eyes are bonkers. Yeah, they like he they're tried out for a Romulan, and he didn't get that role. But when they were casting Keevan, they thought of this guy because they said just the look he was giving you was so creepy and and so yeah creepy so so creepy yeah 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 very very creepy like yeah it makes sense for him but but also like i do have to say i don't like the hair i at all i think <laughs> i don't i don't mind the ears i think it's kind of interesting the the ear i think the ear thing. hole bothers me if you guys watch this ear episode hole. you'll notice it, it's just like this weird hole it <laughs> i just it looks, yeah. It almost reminds me of like those little chiclet holes that, like, when you hang something up in a store on a peg. Oh, <laughs> I think if yeah. it looked maybe a tad more organic, it just looks really round. Yeah, it's it's just I, maybe it's that. And then I think also what throws me off is later in the show you do see a female Vorta, and like she literally just has the same hair too, and. I don't know. I like I like I like yeah. Wayun, but as the Vorta as a whole, it it starts to get I don't know. Like I said, it's not bad. It's just if it's yeah. not one of my favorite designs in Star Trek history. Yeah. I mean, like basically DS9 gives us so many aliens that all look the same. Like they give us the changelings, they give us the Vorta, they give us the Jem'Hadar, all three Every every single member of each species looks exactly the same. I mean, two of those species are cloned, so it makes sense. But like, I, I mean, I guess I guess it it uh it's helpful for budget. Well, you know that you, just, and, you can just and, slap slap a <laughs> slap these uh, generic Jem'Hadar prosthetic masks on whoever comes in for for general casting and you got some gem hadar yeah and um, you got some gem hadar. that i could totally <laughs> understand and also there is sort of a visual storytelling aspect to it like these vorta especially once you get later and you have all these moving pieces if you just understand that the vorta are these sort of cloned sort of um like um hound dogs of the changelings mm -hmm. the founders then you may not really remember them but you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that character with the purple eyes, like that species, what they are. And it, it makes it easier to keep just track of it. So when you see Iggy Pop's yeah. character and you're like, oh, OK, he's like way in. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the Dominion goes, their goal is to dominate and like get rid of all organics. Right. And it's sort of similar to the Borg. Um, in a lot of ways, they're trying to homogenize the universe. So the message from the art direction is like, we just want everyone to look the same and be the same and look like us or whatever. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like that, that, I understand that aspect of it as well. But yeah, it is like so samey, same, same, samey. <laughs> I do think the Gem Hadar though, <laughs> as... Because I also want to say in one episode, I forget which one it is, but there's like the new generation of Jem'Hadar versus the older one. Like some somewhere 
they upgraded the model and so oh yeah the the mar- alf, there's like the, the alpha the quadrant are different and you yeah. do notice there is like different i don't want to call it hair but they have different treatments like i do think that's different cool. like head sh- there's like head shape and like scales or something that are slightly different and, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Um, so so it's not so much about them having an identity. It's just sort of like uh, if you had to compare all the different alien species. Yeah, the Vorta, I just think, could have cooked a little longer. But, yeah, but they definitely they uh, they're memorable. You you see them. You know who they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they've never really been my favorite. The only it's Jeffrey Combs is my favorite. So uh, every time Jeffrey Combs is in a thing, I actually, I actually think now that I'm thinking about it, if they didn't have Iggy Pop cast as this Vorta, it would have been hilarious to see Jeffrey Combs playing Brunt and Wayne. Oh gosh, in this episode! <laughs> I would have loved that. He would have had it done so like, much again, makeup. I know, I know, but again, it would have been ridiculous. <laughs> it would have been like another element of this episode that is like, oh, that is ridiculous. <laughs> Which this that that's what this episode is. It's like, oh, that's ridiculous, and so is that. And now they're just gonna, oh, okay, this word is dead, and they're gonna like use a tricorder and some, some like electrodes to make him walk down the hall. Oh my like, gosh. What which the is, fuck? Which is a great scene. And again, I have to give props to the actor who plays Keevan because he does that so well. At the end, where you know they accidentally shoot Keevan, so they realize that with the neuro stimulators that they can yeah. basically co- uh, control him like a little RC car if they hook him yeah. up right and they're making him quote unquote walk but it's very mechanical and wrong and so Moogie's coming down the the airlock and, and she's like, they're sending the Keevan at the same time like a hostage exchange but Keevan looks so jacked up basically and starts going in a curve and Quark's like straighten him out straighten him out and he ends up just running into a bulkhead and they kind of scramble after that it's the yeah. jig is up and uh but that is such a good scene and that that like yeah, crazy Pop's like, what did they weekend at bernie's him? walk that that actor does is so brilliant it's very good like that's some very good physical acting yes yes and then there's like I mean, the ending of this episode, which is just like they take Iggy Pop hostage and he's just like Frankie. <laughs> OK, question about that, because the whole thing was Keevan says that, you know, his species, like when Vorta are captured, they're supposed to commit suicide and he didn't do that. So he knows that the Dominion is going to be a little pissed off and just kill him after he gets debriefed. Right. So does that mean Iggy Pop's character is supposed to kill himself once he's taken yes. captive? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I was just wondering if that was going to happen, you know? No, but that's not going to happen because this episode is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Although when the gem Hadar got shot. And also because that's not funny. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Although when uh, Ram and, and, you know, they, they shoot the gem Hadar and stuff, Keith was like, oh my gosh, who's, wait, who are the good guys in this episode? Yep. I mean, there aren't really good guys in this episode, technically. I mean... I guess, I don't know, uh, Major Kira? I mean, they got Moogie back. That's supposed to be the... Moogie. But it, Moogie's the good guy. Right, right. But it is funny. They're all like, what's it like to be a hero? I don't I don't know. You tell me, Rom. And it's very like, ha ha, high five, wink, yeah. wink. And it, it does seem kind of weird. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like I've, I've gotten to a point like as an adult, where it's it's harder for me to just like watch movies where there's just like a whole bunch of like uh murders. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like watching Marvel movies and being like, "Oh my god, they're just murdering so much collateral damage." There's like just so many people just getting murdered which all the time. Which they kind of made that a point of the storylines. Yeah, they really did. They were just like, you know, if you're a hero, you just you got to murder some Jem Hadar. It's, I mean, I do, with DS9, we are in the middle of a war, so there is that aspect of it, but also, war. I mean, war is genocide, so. Well, it, it's not, yeah, like, war sucks, basically, and it's yeah. like we said, there was an episode even prior to this where they explored that, and you, yeah. it wasn't, it, it wasn't black and white when it came yeah, to that. Yeah, absolutely. 
it seems like that part of it, the that scene, that strikes me as collateral damage from trying to put a comedy episode in the middle of a long story arc where you're in a horrible bloody war. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it it, it was and that, and it was also to... like, okay, we have sixty seconds left. Wrap up. Uh, wrap it up. Wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. We got to tuck it in. We got to get on to the next thing. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I will put like I have a lot of favorite celebrity guest star appearances, but this is, like I said, for me, the most. What? Of of all of them. (laughs) And, And and it's simply for that reason that I love this so much i just love hearing iggy pop's voice saying vorda frangy <laughs> frangy <laughs> yeah it's, it's <laughs> nice because he's not in the whole episode but he does have enough scenes to make it worthwhile for his appearance and the scenes he does have of moogie and and quark and such is fun versus sun episodes where it's really fun to be like yeah the rock was on star trek but he literally has like one scene in one line so it doesn't really yeah and i mean it's not much but uh yeah yeah. so this one you know iggy pop is definitely in it um it is fun just not only his character but like you said kind of just the circumstances of the episode of of yeah like he's playing this character and it seems just so random. Yeah, it's just it's just what if you wanna if you wanna hear Iggy Pop's Michigan accent saying a bunch of Star Trek shit, this is the episode for you. Does he ever say tricorder? I I would love to hear Iggy Pop say tricorder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tricorder because like his his accent like michigan the midwest has this like the northern midwest has this like really hard r sound okay you know in in the accent that's why vorta is so funny because you're used to hearing jeffrey Combs say vorta you know i would love it if they had a comment like a, if their characters had a conversation, conversation. together uh, like what was he like the part where he's like I'm cloned. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny to hear, like, because I think, like, we're not used to hearing this kind of accent on TV as well. Like, we're used to hearing, like, on a TV show. Like, we're used to hearing, like, sort of the the um, homogenized normal American accent. Sure, or something that you might know? be a little bit more recognizable, uh, you, you know, like a Brooklyn accent or a right, right, you know, right. or, or a Boston accent or a, a yeah. Southern accent versus something that like when you said Michigan accent, I was like, oh, is that what it is? Yeah, is that what yeah, I'm hearing? Yeah, it's sort of the same as like we're not we're not used to hearing like um, a Maine accent. <laughs> sure. Especially in a sci-fi context where this is supposed to be an alien species, too. Yes, yes, yes. Especially also since, like, um, I think in general, in uh, in science fiction, we're we're used to or in general in movies and TV, we're used to if it's not American English, it's usually British English. If it's not like that seems right. Blanket American English. It's british so hearing hearing anything other than those two accents is like is sort of like for me is sort of a treat because like like no because like no we would never we would never and he takes his time talking like i said he's like i'm gonna have to kill you (laughs) i'm gonna have to kill you it's just yes just yeah fucking yes I think my my thoughts of this is I enjoyed watching it, but I have sort of taken a break from Deep Space Nine compared to the other Star Trek shows. And I think I would have gotten a little more out of this if I had watched a few prior so I could just get back yeah. in the kind of comfortable spot of some of these characters, you know, or even just Rom and Quark, just, just a few to appreciate more yeah. what this episode delivers as far as the humor 
Yeah. I mean, I I just recently rewatched DS9, just like, you know, putting it on. Yeah, yeah. Randomly. So I I feel like I was still sort of in there enough that I was like, oh, Rom, oh, Nog. You know, like I was still... (laughs) I was still there, but yeah, this, I mean, this is not, this is not really, uh, like a DS9 episode, really. Not, not when you think of the Dominion War and kind of the main thrust of the series. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very out of, out of place. This is is very, like, rascals. Yes, this is definitely. Oh, man. And we, you know what? I do really love a wacky Star Trek episode, but... There's not really that much that's that's like super special about this episode other than <laughs> Iggy Pop is a Vorta. Yeah, yeah. And if you like just kind of the more lighthearted tone. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think there, there's definitely like a lot of Ferengi-esque episodes of Deep Space Nine. And if you enjoy those uh, little little glimpses more into Quark's world and stuff, it's it's fun and it's kind of a break. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope you guys like this new little little series we have like a very extensive list i mean i know they exist on the internet but we personally made a very extensive list of some of our favorite celebrity guest stars whether those people were just it's early in their career and they were cast on on the show or whether it's it's like you know i'm i'm trying to be on star trek and this is my shot we have a lot. <laughs> we have a lot of uh, potential for a series like this because there's just so many. Fu- that, like y- y'all know, if you've watched Star Trek, you fucking know there are so many celebrity guest stars on all of these series in this franchise. It's like it's over. It's kind of overwhelming. Do you have Do you have some favorites that you're excited to talk about in the future? Maybe I am. It, it's funny because of course I'm going to butcher some names here. Um, the one that comes up is the the one with the TNG and the time traveler who says he's from the future, but it turns out he's from the past, and that's Max. Um, ah, ah, see, it's we'll like, find it. We'll find it. I can see his it's face okay. and everything. I know. I can see his face too. Um, like that's a really fun one. Um, I forget that actor's name, but yeah. I do know originally it was supposed to be Robin Williams, which is kind of interesting. Um, or that's who they wanted at least. Um, you mentioned that there's definitely some people in Voyager, like Sarah Silverman, who came yep. around. Although I haven't seen that episode in forever. I know. Yeah. What What about yep. you? I think for me, I would love to talk about the couple the the couple of people that like sort of played themselves like Stephen Hawking ah yeah you know and uh Mae Jemison who was sort of just in the background um so people that actually came from the science world and sort of like connected the science world and the science fiction world Mm -hmm. for those of you don't that don't know Mae Jemison was the first black woman to go to space which is very cool um, and she plays like a lieutenant in the background. She like doesn't have any lines, but like it was like a super cool, exciting moment for her. And then also like I would love to talk about like the recurring people. Oh yes, you know like Andy Dick. Oh God, yes, I would. I Andy Dick. <laughs> uh, Andy Dick. Voyager uh, had a lot because Voyager had Jason Alexander, Andy Dick, yeah. Sarah Silverman, The Rock. Yeah, there were so many. Uh, there were so many. But like for for recurring people, like there's like Wally Sean, James Cromwell, Ashley Judd. Yeah, like these Nikki people Cox that like came as a kid. We already talked about Kirsten yeah. Dunst a little bit. She was a child yeah, actress, we did. so that's less yeah. of a guest star and more somebody who later became more of a celebrity as they got older. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But this is like like or like Kurtwood Smith, who we have talked about yes. already. Like people who have been who who like keep coming back. They're like all stars, or like <laughs> yeah, those are all stars. I mean, and I really do want to do a uh, an episode where we talk about Susie Plaxton, an episode where we talk about Jeffrey Combs because they're, yeah. you know, important. But like, I mean, some of my favorites, like some of the ones that I remember like seeing for the first time and being like, oh, my God, is that <laughs> like what? Like Vanessa Williams. Oh, yeah. You know, like being like, is that fucking Vanessa Williams? It is. It is. Oh my god! With a gem and of on her forehead, put, if I remember. Of course they fucking put her on Riza. Like, of course they do, because she's gorgeous. It's only beautiful people on Riza. Only beautiful people allowed on Riza. 
<laughs> Amazing. But yeah, y'all, there are so fucking many. I mean, um, B.B. Newworth. Who is that again? Blanking. She's, she played uh, Frasier's wife oh. on, oh, on okay. uh, Frasier and Cheers. And she was in that episode where uh, Riker goes, like, infiltrates undercover on this planet. And then she's, she's like, um, I'll help you escape this mental hospital if you have sex with me. Because oh. I've always wanted to have sex with an alien. <laughs> oh, that episode. No wonder I didn't remember her. Because I think that's one I don't really go back to a lot. <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> uh, or like, you know, like there's also Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. There's also, you know, well, was there's that, also that's um, a movie only, right? That's movie. Yeah, I kind of feel like the movies yeah. to some degree, yeah. it's like he's it's a movie and he's a movie actor. Yeah, and then we'd have to talk about Alfrey Woodard, we'd have to talk about Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Um, but but like I mean, we there are plenty of people from There's, the shows to yeah. talk about. Famke Jansen, fucking Famke Jansen. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, the the first time the first time she and Patrick Stewart worked together was actually on exactly. Star Trek: The Next Generation, and not X Men. I mean, there's just so like there's so there's fucking many. The guy who was in Gremlins, he was on Voyager, which is kind of funny because he and Robert Picardo worked on Gremlins too. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And John Reese davies Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> We've already talked about Dennis Blue Miller. Plays Leonardo da Vinci. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, I guess what we're trying to illustrate and you guys understand is that there's a lot of people to talk about. Obviously, we'll be talking about either the ones that we think are the most significant or at least the most significant to us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this should be yeah. interesting. The ones who had the most impact on on our memories. Yeah. Like how I, want, I just wanted to fucking be Ashley Judd, you guys. I was just like, can I just be you? Can I just be Ensign Leffler? She's like just perfect. She's so perfect. She's so smart. She's so pretty and her hair is perfect. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Find us in the collective into the wormhole.show on Instagram at into the wormhole.podcast into the wormhole is brought to you by we own this town <laughs> he just is the rock in a gold uh, <laughs> wrestling outfit I believe unitard um, 